I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Madigan. And I'm Christina. And you're listening to... Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You guys, I'm not with Keegan, clearly. I am with our friend Christina. Hi. Hi. She is uh, with Keegan and our other friend Cassie on the podcast, My Worst Date. Uh, I feel like Keegan doesn't want to like self-promote too much. <laughs> I know. So she's so modest. I know. So modest, that girl. She's just so full of talents, though. Um, so she will, she'll mention it every once in a while, but her other podcast is fantastic. Cassie and Christina are both wonderful people. Yay, Yay! Thank you. And I'm so excited to be recording with Christina. Keegan and Cassie actually both are on a cruise right now. They left us by ourselves. I know. I can't. <laughs> Guys, I'm like having withdrawals. Like I bounce everything off of Keegan. Right. I text her multiple times a day every day and she's not here I know a week without them I'm like going through withdrawal for sure but so. it makes me happy that I've gotten to hang out with you twice now yeah. yeah girl like after we recorded last time we ended up talking for like two hours so speaking of recording last time because you're like what there wasn't another episode we are redoing it because I didn't check the mic setting. We did do a test and it sounded fine. I just thought that maybe my voice, like I was just talking lower. And I went to edit and it was 
awful. It was awful. (laughs) It was was quite a difference between, I mean, I loved how loud I was. sounded (laughs) impeccable. If if it was just Christina, it would have been gold. Podcast gold. But uh, no, I sounded awful. So we are redoing it. We're going to do the same topics and add a little bit more as well for to kind of update the news a little bit. Right. Um, so yeah, that's my bad. This is what happens when Keegan's not here. Yeah, it's Keegan's fault. It's Keegan's fault. I'm we've, down with that. We've decided. It's not my <laughs> fault. It's not your fault. It's all because of Keegan. And she's not here to defend herself, so it's fine. Yeah, she's, yeah she'll beat me up later. For yeah, that. exactly. Now she'll beat me up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is Omarosa. And has this died down in the last few days or are people still chatting about it? People are still chatting about it. I mean, the thing that really got me revved up, which happened after we talked yeah. last time, is... Well, maybe it did Oh, I know what you're going to say. It did come out the next day. Calling her a, a dog. dog. Yep, I know. I, as soon as I read that, I was like, damn, I wish you could have talked about that. Yeah. And here I we are. just find that disgusting on so many levels well what was the he called her a low life he a low called life her coward, there was uh, there was something else that was like definitely like a racial slur that he called her the the dog i i mean there was something else that he said too that we were both just like eesh um, the language used the level of discourse I just I can't even wrap my head around it. Well, it I makes mean, me it makes me so sick. And he's he's consistently been like that's that. That's what I'm saying. Is it's like no amazing. respect for the office of president. No yeah. respect for um for anything, for anything. or for anybody. And right. Omarosa even said that like Donald Trump has no authority really in the White House. Like he kind of I think is like made to think that he has all the authority. Right. But like he doesn't make any of the decisions. Like they kind of like fill him in on things and he just like signs his name. Um even the chief of staff, um, what's his face? The, his first name. John Kelly? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yep. I feel like I had a friend John Kelly. Um he even said like he doesn't run the the White House. I do because Omarosa and so basically what happened originally the beginning of this whole story is that John Kelly brought Omarosa into the quote-unquote situation room, which I said last time, sounds like you're putting a child in timeout. Like, do you want to go to the situation room? Oh, see, I love that you're thinking of it this way. I'm like putting, maybe because I have a date tonight, I'm like, I totally want to go to the situation oh, room. Oh, what's the situation? Maybe know, it's because it's I like take care like of children. And I'm like, shade stuff. I know, man. Oh, God. Mine's the opposite. Mine's like... Go to your chair, go to the situation room, sit in your chair, let's figure the situation out. Exactly. You're in trouble. Oh, my so, mind's in the gutter. Yeah. Ooh, I love it, though. <laughs> I need my mind more. My mind is in the gutter, but my mind needs to be more in the gutter. So she turned her phone on to record this conversation, and apparently she's been known to record a lot of conversations, and people are really getting on her about that because you shouldn't be recording in the White House. But she made a really good point about being the only... Uh, person of color, the only woman of color in the White House, and if John Kelly, who she says she's never spoken with before, brings you into the situation room, mm-hmm. she said to protect herself, she started recording. Well, I mean, it's it's like it's fucking lawless, yeah, in the White House right now. So yeah. it's like all bet- bets are off. Like this isn't a surprise. There's no safety. That there's, there's no, no safety. Yeah. There's no um, people. There are people recording each other. It's like backstabbing all kinds of crazy it's so stuff. high and, school and it's this is our government i know it's insane. <laughs> it's insane i know i'm just waiting for 2020 my god 
Um, so she recorded this whole conversation and he's like, let's make this a friendly departure. And she's like, does the president know about this? And he, you know, gives her the whole spiel about how like the president doesn't need to be like a part of it or whatever. So she's like trying to ask him questions and all this stuff. And he's just like, not having he's like we can talk another time and she goes well this is my first time ever speaking to you and if i'm being let go i have some things that i want to make clear and she's probably really sounding sweet because it's recorded she knows she's probably going to use it but she's really just kind of like can you please just give me some information please and he's just like no 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 won't give her the time of day so she contacts donald trump and he's like i'm so sorry i didn't like mean for this to happen i'm so sad that you're leaving right yeah and then it goes sour it goes very sour because she releases these recordings and donald trump then tweets wacky omarosa who got fired three times on the apprentice now got fired for the last time she never made it never will she begged me for a job tears in her eyes i said okay People in the White House hated her. She was vicious, but not smart. Which to me, I'm like, what do you mean? That doesn't seem like a comparison. Anyways. (laughs) I would rarely see her, but heard really bad things. Nasty to people and would constantly miss meetings and work. When General Kelly came on board, he told me she was a loser and nothing but problems. I told him to try working it out if possible because she only said great things about me until she got fired. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's a shit show. Like, they're friends until something comes out and then everything. It's like, well, he said this. And the other thing that was really important that came out was that she has a book coming out, like, tomorrow or something like that. Where she talks about how the past two years she's been battling over if she wants to uncover this tape of him saying the N-word. Which I'm like, girl, do you really think that he hasn't said it right yeah that seemed bizarre who's, to who's me shocked by that revelation? i'm not shocked yeah I, I, there's not millions of tapes of him saying it really right. like that doesn't that blows my mind and i listened to this podcast called meet the press and the guy even says like you've heard him say things like about mexicans being rapists and all that kind of stuff right. and she's like yeah but i always thought that he you know because he cared about me he had like people of color in his corner blah 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 and i'm like you're dumb and she does admit to being complicit and that she really didn't want want to believe that her friend would be a racist so it's kind of like she was just shoving it aside like knew it but like didn't want to believe that he was racist and this was really helping her career out to like bring her back yeah, I just think she's an opportunist. She I is. think she's a liar. I think she's an opportunist. I think um, it's just another string of stupid things that Donald Trump has done. Like, what did you think was going to happen with someone like that? She's behaving right. exactly the same way that she was on the reality TV show. She was As on is Donald Trump. Dec- yeah, exactly. Yeah, so she was like none the of villain of shocking. The Apprentice. Yeah. And um, she... Yeah, she keeps defending herself, saying, like, you have to look after yourself as the only black woman in the office. On the tape, Kelly threatens to damage her reputation and says, everyone works for me and not the president. 
And um, Omarosa basically in this interview too just talks about how Donald Trump is just too stupid to be president. But it's like if you knew all these things, like why? Why? Yeah, it's, exactly. I mean, we know why. It's it's, it's to gain money. her own. Yeah, and it's to gain her own thing. But like she has been paid off basically to keep quiet. And this original like form she signed when she was like being quote unquote hired by the White House, mm-hmm. like wasn't a specific job title or anything. And right. so she was like, what? And they were like, yeah, but like you don't have to, you can work from home. Like you don't have to come to the white house and like, you don't even have to work if you don't want to. And she's like, what? So like they made it seem like they were hiring her so that they could pay her right. to not say shit and to get her on their side and keep her happy. Wasn't it like 15 grand a month? It was too? something crazy like that. Yeah. And oh. so she's, and then, so she's at the I white house. Update my she, LinkedIn. Right. Exactly. Cause she like <laughs> wants to be a part of everything. She's like, I'm here, I'm here. I'm at the white house. I'm at the white house here with my phone recorder, just waiting to get some juicy thing. And like, she's writing a book. So of course she's like, Ooh, what, what's going to happen today that right. I can put in my book. So that's basically pretty much the update on the whole Omarosa thing. The fact that he called her a dog is so it's infuriating. Gross. It's gross. But the fact that it's like not, it's not a surprise anymore. It hurts every time I read something like that. And I have a sense of disbelief for like a second. And then I'm like, what? guys, this isn't news anymore. Donald Trump is a racist is not new information. Right. And not only that, the way that it's changed, I think the way that we all converse online yeah. and and the profound effect that it's had is is just i mean oh i mean the op- the moral the open, authority of the office the has been completely open racism yeah is absurd the open sexism is crazy i mean i've i've spoken about this before having a feminist podcast and instagram page especially we get so many horrible uh, comments and messages from people that it doesn't even make any sense. It's like they just want to put their two cents in, and it's like, I don't know, it's crazy, and it's it's so frustrating. It's like all of the racists are like freed. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm well. You know, on an even more sad note, uh, I told you before we started today, I kind of bummed out because of Aretha Franklin. I know, I know, and it's such a. Um, so it's funny we're talking about Donald Trump because I spent a lot of today like you know rewatching um President Obama's inauguration in 2008 yeah and the song that she sang and you know he he had her perform at the White House a lot not only that it made me think one of the other huge differences between uh President Obama and Trump was how much Obama supported the arts. Yeah. And culture. Yeah. Um, and I guess I didn't realize that until like looking through all of the, the things they regularly invited artists to the White House. Yeah. And it's just, it, it elevates. It's such a huge part of society when you embrace the arts and, and just to see that, that complete 180 shift, how quickly, I mean. Yeah, how fast. How fast. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it just, it made me sad, especially because, you know, right now, she was such a huge voice of, yeah. you know, the civil rights uh, movement. She's such a huge inspiration to me, like, as yeah. an artist. I can clearly, like, feel 
her song, I Never Loved a Man. Yeah. I jam that still all the time. It's it's on a playlist on my phone. It's one of the yeah, most Yeah, we all have those songs where like you have the same music. song on every playlist. Yeah. Because you need that song. Yeah. yeah. And a story that I, I remember, because uh, I watch music documentaries like obsessively, yeah. is that she was working with all of these musicians and it just wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working to record this song. And they finally were like, well, you just sit down and play it. And so she she took it on and just sat at the piano Ugh, and just chills. the power. Right. Because no one women, else could understand. For women of color. I mean, she basically like desegregated radio, you know, yeah. with her bringing her yeah. sound to. Well, and she brought like a gospel pure sound into popularity right you know she was she was fantastic i was so sad to hear this morning that she passed away um i've been you know on the radio today i've been hearing everybody talk about it and they've been playing her music and that makes me really happy is that we celebrate those people when they pass so um i'm glad that we got to give her the time that she deserved yeah on the show today and you know i said um on instagram today rest in respect yes that's so great girl everyone you know it's she made that song her own because that's not actually an otis redding song right it was like a a man's song yeah Yeah. oh yeah but everybody knows it as as her song hers oh yeah there's tons of songs like that like it's you always think that it's someone's original and then you look at the history and you're like wait 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 like the Beatles did it and Aretha Franklin did it Judy Garland did it like I mean I'm just thinking of all people that I really like yeah but it's like you go back and you look at like the history of these songs but like oh and then uh, I will always love you uh we always think of Whitney Houston but it was Dolly Dolly Parton Parton. you know Mm -hmm. it's interesting so but yeah she was a powerhouse and such a force and she will be missed on this earth and all I can hope is that people take her lead and follow by example yeah And that hopefully there will just be more and more brilliant artists that can be civil rights activists in this day and age because we need it. We really need it. No, her her song Respect was a huge civil rights anthem. And And feminist anthem as well. feminist anthem. Yeah. And that's that's what we need right now in a time where it's dark and where the arts aren't necessarily supported or celebrated or, you know, praised or even, you know money wise you know is it's scarce it's being cut out of schools and everything that's that's the kind of thing that we really need to focus on right now because art is what moves people whether it be music or whatever medium that it it takes its form in yeah fierce be creative don't give it up inspired so uh thank you to aretha for being someone that inspired me definitely definitely uh, what were the other two things that we talked about? We talked about... Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. Let's talk about that a little bit. So he is coming back to his shows. Yeah, he's back on Talking Dead. He's back on whatever that NBC show was, The Wall or something like okay. that. Okay, The Wall is the shit. <laughs> it's such... I, I'm sure it's not as entertaining to watch at home, but I used to work audience for The Wall and I would watch like never seen it. three shows a day for like five days a week. Uh-huh. And I never got tired of it. Me and my friend Kyle worked audience. And that was like our shit. What is it? It's so good. So like basically they pick like a person who's doing something really wonderful for the community or for the world. Or like it's always something really meaningful. So it tugs your heartstrings. Yeah. And then they play like trivia basically. But then you also have like this ball and you have to, and a wall, balls to the wall. 
<laughs> okay. And there's one through 10 up above, kind of like uh, Connect Four. Okay. Looks kind of like that. And you pick which slot you want the ball to go in, and then it drops down, and then it has to land on oh, a certain like number. Oh, like Plinko. Very much so. So okay. the higher the number, the more money you get, the lower the number. But like sometimes you'll put it in the one, and it'll land in the 10. The, you know, medium zone, like if you drop it in the middle, that's like the safe zone. But you have to get the question right. So let's say you're not really sure about the answer to your question, you're not gonna put it in the 10 slot. You're gonna put it in like the one or two slot. So you're not okay. gonna lose much money. Okay. I've seen our people walk home with nothing and it's heartbreaking. I've seen our people walk away with a million dollars and it's amazing. <gasps> oh my God. And you know, the thing that I mentioned when we recorded the first time about Chris Hardwick that made me so mad was because he, so like in between they have these like stand-up comedians who warm up the audience and play yeah. games and like, do stuff like that. And I had played a cup because I worked it like every day because I was broke. Um, so we were like playing like a trivia game basically. And, or no, it was like a music. It was like guess that song kind of thing. Okay. And he was like fucking unreal. Like could guess every song in the first like two seconds. Wow. And I kept messing up. So he started like jumping in for me. And he was just so funny. And like I got like... I don't know. He just was always in such a great mood and like mm -hmm. so happy and wonderful. And so when you hear things like that, when you think highly of somebody, it just sucks. Yeah. But I'm glad that it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's hard. No, no one person is completely bad or completely good. You know, it's not black and white. We all live in gray. And of course, even the best people can sometimes be behind closed doors monsters. Yeah. And not to say he is one, but I mean, Well, you she know. even said, like, I hope the person you are now can apologize to the person you were then. Like, I think she even recognizes that, like, this was a while ago. Maybe you've grown since then. Right. Which we can all hope for. But something else that we touched on last time that I think is important to talk about, we talked about how people think of levels of abuse. Oh, yeah. And with the Chris Hardwick situation it was emotional and sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to emotional and sexual abuse in a relationship, it is not looked at as the same as uh, physical domestic violence. Or even that kind of abuse when it's not within a relationship. Yeah. When it's like, you know, a Harvey Weinstein when he's like, you know, above this like coworker or something, yeah. but yeah, it's within the confines of a relationship yeah. where sometimes people where blur there, the lines. Yeah. And there could still be, you know, a power thing. We talked about how, Oh, hi Tig. Um, <laughs> this isn't a puppy. We talked about how his girlfriend at the time, like wasn't as much of a name. Maybe she was at the time, but I don't, I don't, I've never really heard I of her. I still haven't, I don't really know where she's from. I think she was like in the industry in some way, shape or form, but mm -hmm. he's been, in it for a long time and known right. so there is like a power dynamic going on that even within a relationship you know I we mentioned this in the red pill episode where like you know the housewife is home all day the man even if he's just like a garbage worker will come home and still have some authority over the wife because he, yeah. he is making money and she is not which that you episode know. is wild. By Did you the listen way. to it? Did yes. you like it? Oh my I god, didn't. I really liked it too. It was I my favorite. Oh Take. I'm sorry. I stopped <laughs> petting him for one second. He's like, "What the fuck, Madigan?" My Keep dog petting is my ears. Very bossy. Sorry. I love dog ears. They're my favorite. I, I love know, just pulling them like old velvet, like velvet doggy ears. 
Um, so yeah, it was really upsetting for me, but I'm glad that that type of abuse is being looked at because we all need to check ourselves when we start ranking people's abuse, kind of like how we did with Aziz and Sari situation. It mm-hmm. is important to understand that there are levels, uh, in that sense, because Aziz and Sari is not Harvey Weinstein. Right. But we do have to understand that each person's situation is equally painful for them and that by them coming forward, it shows strength. It doesn't show, you know, they're not blaming people. You know, she didn't seem like she wants to take down his career, clearly, because you said she's not... She's tra- not, she, yeah, she's not uh, involved in the investigation. And so she's, I think her quote was like, I, I was never my intent to ruin this man's career. Right. She just wanted her story to be told. Right. Which I think is important. I think that if there's anybody... Um, who's listening, who feels like they've had their power taken away. Something for me that I've been like thinking about is where it's so hard to like name the person who's hurt you. Mm -hmm. Like even just like within your friends to like mention somebody and mention their name Mm -hmm. where I feel like it's important for us to be naming names of people. A couple weeks ago on our last episode, there was not a story by me on a, on our podcast, uh-huh. and it's because I had I completely cut it out. Yeah, I I chickened out of being able to actually name names. Yeah, and so then I was like, I don't know who I'm helping. Mm-hmm. I don't feel you know. But I don't also, feel brave. I don't feel whatever. But it's so also because there's completely. something because there's something in our minds where we feel that we are going to be chastised for mentioning oh, yeah. names, not for the other person having their lives ruined. It's because we are scared. That by saying the name of the person, that it'll somehow come back to us and make us look bad. Well, and I fucked up. guarantee you that her career has definitely been hurt. For sure. By this. For sure. For sure. Because anyone who looks at you know her name for any resume is gonna you know look her up on Google, see this, and be like, and come up with their own reasons why she shouldn't be hired. Exactly. Or why they shouldn't be involved with her in some way. Right. You know. And, like, it's the same thing where, like, oh, guys, don't date her. She's crazy and blah, blah, blah. It's just, I, I, I'm glad that the, that the women of the world are starting to come together and encourage each other to speak up. Because, guys, at the end of the day, if you don't have your girlfriends, who do you have? Mm, nobody. It's important. There you go. They're so important. They really are. So, the last thing that we <laughs> talked about. That terrible fucking show. Christina. <laughs> Now I've seen the trailer when we're talking about it. I can't. I haven't seen the show yet, but I and I. You, you've seen the trailer now, I've though. Seen the trailer. Okay, so and every time I turn on Netflix, sorry, to introduce the show. Insatiable. It's a new Netflix show. It just came out. It's starring like Alyssa Milano and then Debbie Ryan. Yeah. Who I just think of the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Gotcha. Disney Channel. So yeah. I Tell saw us, the trailer. Walk us through the trailer, Christina. Pretend okay. I haven't seen it. Explain it to me. Okay. Debbie Ryan dons a terrible fat suit. And she's still gorgeous, by the way. Yes. Like, fat suit or not, like, she still looks fucking stunning. To play Patty, a.k.a. Fatty Patty, um, who is made fun of in high school and is just basically bullied and tormented 
I mean, it's like over Which the is top awful. and so cliche. I'm sure like, it's over the top, but it is horrible how yeah. people that are overweight are treated badly. Yeah. And so then she uh, is really sad. She's sitting outside a convenience store eating a candy bar, which a homeless man tries to take from her. So she punches him. He punches her back, and she has her jaw wired shut. She loses a whole bunch of weight and gets to come back to high school as the hot girl. And so this is what this trailer is basically saying. All of your power and everything that's good about you is your looks. Yep. And and even more specifically, your weight. Yeah. Because you hear all the time, oh, she's pretty for a big girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's pretty for a fat girl. No, she's just pretty. She's pretty. End of story. It doesn't matter what your body type is. And it, uh, my loyal listeners know how much this shit drives me insane. And the fact that Alyssa Milano has backed it up and been like, oh, it's 12 hours of television. You can't base it off of the trailer. It's like, no. No. Because so <laughs> you watched the first episode. So I tell did. us about it. I watched the first episode. We had... I can't even begin to describe how many problematic things were happening. It's almost like they were trying to go for, like, let's just offend, like, everybody. everybody. And let's be super, super lowbrow. And it's like, if you want to go that way, that's a hard route to take. And your, yeah, your Netflix, writing has what the to fuck? be so clever. You have your to writing be... writing has to be You have to be, like, point. family guy. Yeah. Like, Family Guy offends all the time, but it's Family Guy, and they say it in a certain way where you're just kind of like, mm, should I be upset? I don't These are know. just bad. Yeah, it's well, bad what are some acting. of the, what are some of the lines jokes. that you were saying? I don't even remember the lines. I mean, Fatty Patty, that was, like, the, the one yeah. thing. They have um, her, like, who becomes her, like, best friend is this lawyer who is also a beauty pageant coach mm-hmm. who's been like the wink, wink, nudge, nudge joke of the, the whole thing is that he's always being accused of child molestation. Yeah. That's not funny. No, no. no. And you shouldn't be friends with child molesters in no. case you didn't know. And it's also just not something that's like uh, jokey, no. you know, like at all. No. And, and not that, and you shouldn't be showing him as like a good guy. Yeah. It's so it's so weird. It's maybe so are they trying weird. to show like that she's wrong and he's wrong? Like are they not are they anti heroes? I don't know. I don't know maybe either. Maybe I'm cutting them too much slack. No, I think you are. I think we are thinking <laughs> way more about this than anybody that was involved. Yeah, in they were like, "This is gonna it. be funny. Let's do this." Um, and then what was the other, like, they, they make a lot of horrible, like, lesbian jokes too, right? Yeah. About her friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her friend is, like, in love with her. And so is, like, constantly, like, you can make out if you want. Or, you know, yeah. like, just, it's just so awkward. It's really weird because in my acting life, I play lesbians 95% of the time. Yeah. Probably more like 98 now because <laughs> I don't really do any acting. But when I do, it's, I'm always a lesbian. And I just did a lesbian audition the other day. And it's interesting the different, uh, like, scripts that I get. Yeah. And oh, how sure. tasteful they are or untasteful. Or just, like, how not even, like, tasteful or untasteful, but just how much knowledge they have of it. Where it's, like, super cliche, not cliche. And I'm just really upset about Netflix because they come out with such powerful, wonderful content. Yeah. To come out with this show and have your name on it. Is so like 
cringeworthy. Well, and the show is is obviously geared toward teenagers, which makes it even worse even in worse. my head. Imagine being somebody who is maybe overweight and have has always had these thoughts about themselves. It's also perpetuating the whole don't eat and you'll get skinny thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And which it's is like, not true for some people. No, and they're not and she's not showing like exercising or eating healthy or anything like that to lose weight in a healthy way it's a mind-body connection and sometimes even your body will not communicate with you you know what I mean with what you're doing it's just the way your body is Um, I mean I knew a girl who had suffered from anorexia for like almost 20 years and her metabolism had shut off so she was a heavier girl but never ate and she was just in turmoil complete turmoil because she in the beginning of her disease it was working for her and mm-hmm. it's not working anymore but I can't eat because if I eat then I'm gonna get even bigger you know it's this whole whirlwind of things so, so to show somebody who's like oh yeah the trick to all of this is get your mouth wired shut you can't eat for three months all the weight is gonna magically fall off of you like no well, and and also just to to propagate that that whole fantasy that like Oh, once you're hot, like you have power, you can get revenge. You can, you have which worth, I think in this day and age is and, true. But and that's what's so fucked sad. up. It's so fucking sad, and I'm I hate I hate that message being out there. I hate yeah. little girls having to see that kind of thing and navigate their way through that and bullshit. I am so mad at every single actor who took on that project at the director who decided this was a good idea. I'm mad at everybody involved, to be honest. And it is I don't care if it's a joke or not. We don't need more of those jokes out there. Those those jokes, that message has been shouted at women loud and and clear for fucking years. And she's going to, like, kill everybody now because they were, like, mean to her? Yeah, I don't know. That's not the... And in the world of gun violence, it's like, don't do that either. (laughs) Like, just because somebody bullies you, you can't just kill them. Like, that's not how life works, people. Yeah, it's it it looks like trash. And like I said, I I would love 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 to hear Alyssa Milano like explain it cuz like I said, the trailer was one thing, but I actually watched the first episode and I'm like, "All right, stand up then and ex- yeah. and explain yourself." Yeah, give me some bullet points. I don't I don't get this at all. It's awful. So, don't watch it. <laughs> or rage watch it. Or rage watch it. But then again, they're like, oh, look at all these views. I know. If it, it gets picked up for season two, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Yes. Uh, whew, man. Um, actually, I was. Th- what's, how much time do we have? Okay, I was actually thinking, we, so lovely Vanessa, who you know. Yes. Um, she writes us in so many wonderful messages. And we do have one from her. That I would like to read. Aww. Do, 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 do. Hi, Vanessa. Vanessa. So she wrote in some comments about episode 29. She goes, which I think is our swearing episode. Yes, women who swear. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi. I just finished episode 29 about swearing, and I wanted to chime in on women cursing in the workplace. I work in technology, and it is a very male-dominated industry. It's also a very casual industry, where there is often drinking at the workplace, definitely swearing, casual dress code, the whole nine. Being one of the few women at my office, also a woman in leadership, I find that I use swearing more as a relational tactic to create a common ground at the office. I also find that I swear more with men than the women that I work with. 
So for me, it's almost something that I put on or that I am more intentional about at the office. I will say that I do curse a lot, but I find as I was listening and thinking about it, it's definitely more targeted and more intentional when I'm at work, and that's because the industry and the environment. And I think when I'm speaking to the women that I work with, I happen to, if I happen to curse, that's fine. It just comes out. It's more authentic. There's plenty I can say about how problematic I think the tech industry is and this movement towards more casual work environment and diversity in the workplace. For now, I just wanted to offer a different perspective as I definitely curse more than the men that I work with and the women, but there's also way more men that I work with. Love V. So she brings up basically something that we talked about in the episode about uh, cursing in the workplace and how mm-hmm. that is a like team building thing. Like it oh, yeah. like, creates like uh, relationships and community in the office. So I think by her being a woman and by being like a leader in the office, um, that makes sense because she wants to put people at ease. Yeah. She wants people to be able to express themselves. And that's to me kind of what that seems like. If you're like, for me, I'll take the lead. If I hear like my boss swearing, then I know if the kid's not around, I can say something, you know? Right, 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 right. No, I feel the same way. You know, uh, I, uh, I work higher up now too, you know, coming from the bottom being a server, you know, we all cussed all the time and then, right. you know, you get higher and higher like, up, you're at like you get the bottom the, like, of the, the barrel, the HR stuff comes to mind and you have to be really cognizant because I mean, people are sensitive to language right. and if you, you are in an office, which is difficult for me is because I swear a lot in my right. normal day to day conversation. Her, so her office is like, she's in tech where it does tend to be from what I understand and what I've witnessed, it can be a little bit more casual and right. swearing happens. I feel like it's different. Like when I was working in production, I wasn't swearing through my emails, but if I said a swear word during a meeting or something, I was, for me, I was the lower level. So I wouldn't swear until somebody else would. And that gave me the okay. Right. You know, and even then I'd be very careful of my words. Yeah. Um, but you know, we also talked about how it takes somebody intelligent to be able to swear in a crafty way Mm. in an intelligent way. Um, and I think also, you know, she's talking about that's a way to like communicate with her male coworkers. I feel like for women, it's typically easier to communicate with each other because yeah. you're in it together, especially in a male dominated field. Absolutely. So you yeah. don't have to put on a facade. No, because yeah. you're already there. Yeah. 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 Just feel each other, you know? Yeah. So Christina, I had so much fun with you again. Yay, I know. I'm so happy that we're friends now. I know. Oh my god. It took a boat. It took a boat and the rest of our friends to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds so bad. Well, you're the only one here. Let's be friends, I guess. No. No, that's no, not this it. Is good. It just beautifully brought us together. I got to yes. meet your two wonderful little animals. I know. Who really love you. They're yeah. All about it. You guys are being so good. I know. Little tag and little villain. Yeah. So, Christina, do you remember our sign off? Yes. Okay. So, with that, we encourage you to rage on. on. Yay! <laughs> I love it. Bye, guys. <laughs>
that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.